NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back, so tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Click this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100%. With DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays, go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Whether it's the Knicks, the Nets, maybe it's my preseason favorite, the Boston Celtics. I got a good feeling about the Denver Nuggets this season as well. So many cool things coming this NBA season. Can't wait to watch. All the hardwood action, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 518. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code 518. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And now, on to this week's episode of Getting There With Gods. Another edition here of Getting There with Gaz, where we talk about the career journeys of athletes, coaches, media members, business owners, and more from upstate New York. Jackson Wang joins us, Capital Region. People know him from a variety of different roles, but for maybe some listeners outside of the Capital Region, let's go back to the beginning. A younger version of Jackson Wang, six, seven, eight years old. Where'd you grow up? What'd you want to be as a kid? And was it that same dream job you wanted when you were 18 years old? Yeah, when I was six years old, I was growing up in Rotterdam, uh, just outside of Schenectady. That's where my family settled after uh, we actually moved here from Hong Kong a few years earlier. So I was uh, I was attending uh, Mahanison at the time, the school district there, uh, Brat School, uh, six years old. Uh, really had no idea what I wanted to do at that time. All I was trying to do was uh, really learn English because uh, – it was my second language and it was quite interesting to learn a new language, learn a new culture and uh, just absorbing everything, just being a sponge and just trying to understand what America had to offer at the time when I was six, seven years old in terms of career, no idea what I was going to do. All I was trying to do is trying to just trying to fit in here. You were the first person in the history of a hundred plus episodes of getting there with guys who in that six, seven, eight year old range, was not born in America. The first person. who So congratulations. You don't win a prize, unfortunately. Maybe a sponsor will give you something. But you mentioned that just the the obstacle, the challenge of learning English for the first time and going into a new culture and all those things. What is that process like for a kid where all of a sudden you thought you might be doing something across the world and now all of a sudden your life is completely flipped upside down? It was very, very interesting. I mean, my parents were the ambitious ones. They were like, hey, let's... Uh let's go to America. Let's have this better life. They came over here with not a lot and uh, with big dreams and big ambitions. And I was just along for the ride. Um, lucky enough, the, uh, at the time, six, seven years old, my parents had just started uh, a business. They had opened uh, a Chinese takeout restaurant in Rotterdam. So a lot of my life revolved around that. It was going to school and then hanging out there and helping out 
wherever I can there, um, whether it was helping pack rice or, uh, or, or uh, pack some orders, it, it, they kept me busy. That's how I made my money. That's how I made my allowance back in it. There was no giveaways. Those are my chores. I know other people maybe took out the garbage or, or uh, rake leaves or shovel driveways. My chores were uh, packing orders, packing rice <laughs> and at the time. You learn a lot more life lessons from there. Uh, value of hard work and um, making me earn everything, which I'm always grateful for. So that on top, so it was weird because at home, like we were always talking in Chinese. Um, Fuj, uh, my parents are from the uh, the Fujian province, the front village just outside, just outside Fuzhou. So we spoke a lot of Fujianese at home, a little bit of Mandarin, a little bit of Cantonese, but mostly Fujianese. So at home, it was all Chinese. And then you, I go to school and it was just, all Americans, just two different worlds. I was, I was dancing in between every day. And it was very interesting. Just my mindset. I mean, at the time, I always thought when I was younger, I was, my mind was still thinking in Chinese. Like my thoughts were always in Chinese. And at some point later in life, eventually I switched over and started thinking in English. My mind, by the time it was just, I was just, you know, this is Chinese immigrant trying to adjust and learn in America and fit in and make friends and figure out what the cool things were, what the kids were into. And, it was a lot of fun, but definitely, definitely a challenge. So your parents are running the business. You're getting used to the culture. Would you describe yourself as a good student? And was college ever the thought, or was it maybe going into the business world like your parents? No, it, it was always it was always college. That's what my parents always wanted me to do because it's a it's a tough it's a tough uh, business. When they first started, um, they were working probably like twelve to fifteen hours a day every day. So it was definitely a grind. I mean, it's what you have to do in order for your own get your own business to survive. So it was definitely a lot of work and they, their goal was always to work hard to give myself and later on my sister, you know, a better life. And I was always uh, extremely grateful for that. So that was always, always the goal. Um, but for me at the time, it was just doing what I, what they needed me to do, whatever I could help them. And uh, college was like, all right, whatever. It's years away at the time. I was just a kid, just, Wanted to watch cartoons and and uh, eat some good food. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Living the life. Trying to do your thing. Just growing up. Everything else. So when you get deeper into high school, when you start thinking about potentially maybe college is in the picture, maybe it's not. What schools did you think about potentially going to? And why did you eventually decide, I believe the same alma mater as my wife, the College of St. Rose? Oh, yeah. Rosebuds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was probably around middle school when I decided that uh, I wanted to be in something involved with journalism, sports, uh, whether it was uh, writing or reporting. I always thought it was it was really cool. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed reading the newspaper. I remember getting really get into that when I was in middle school, and I thought what uh what you know what the sports anchors did on uh, did on Sports Center was really cool. I thought the uh, you know the sports commentators were really cool. Just Al Michaels, Joe Buck, watching them growing up, I always thought that was really neat. So I was like, man, I'd love to get into something, something along that that kind of field. So that's when I decided I'm going to look for schools with pretty good communication programs. That's the major I was going to pursue. Obviously, everyone from upstate New York, their first idea is like, hey, let's see what uh, if I can get into Syracuse. So that was my original goal was try to try to go there. Um, that was my top school. Number two was with Hofstra and then number three was St. Rose just because it was local allowed me to be close to family and friends uh didn't get into Syracuse wasn't smart enough my SAT ACT scores were not up there Hofstra I got into but 
it was low pricey. So I ended up going with St. Rose because it was closer to home and it was affordable and I wasn't going to leave school with a hundred thousand dollars in debt. So that's how I ended up there. And, uh, it was turned out to be a pretty good choice. I don't ask enough guests in conversation in this, but again, for the second time you're making history here on getting there with God's, I rarely ask this question. Were your parents supportive when you told them that you were going to pursue journalism or communications as your potential major in career? I'm pretty sure at first when I told them, they were like, all right, that's, that's cute. It's uh, it's a phase. I'll enjoy it for a few years and then maybe I should go do something. I'm sure when they, when they, uh, when they came over here with very little money and a lot of dreams, their goals probably had me go to like law school or medical school, you know, typical immigrant dreams for their American dreams for, for their kids. But instead I decided to go, uh, go, be a journalist. So at first they're like, all right, whatever. We'll see. We'll see what he do. Cause at the time I was probably 12 or 13. When I told him this is what I want to do. It's like, he'll change. He's got high school four years. Things will influence him and he'll come up with a new uh, goal, a new ambition later on. And come, uh, come fall of senior year, I'm applying for school. I told me, hey, I still want to do this. They're like, all right, let's see. Uh, let's see what you can do. <laughs> so the, uh, they've always believed in me. When I ever told them I want to do something, they're like, at first like, okay, Maybe maybe he'll maybe he uh, he's not quite sure, but if I put in the work and show him I want to do it, they'll uh, they'll be a hundred percent behind me, and they have been ever since. They allowed me to go to school for this and allow me to continue to pursue this dream, and I'm very grateful for their support over the years. For our audio side, they can't see this, but you are sandwiched, I believe, in between your diplomas right now. So you did well at the College of St. Rose. Very good. That's right. Uh, Let's talk about those experiences. Let's talk about you becoming a journalist at the college level, taking classes. What type of experience did you get as a student at St. Rose? Uh, When I went to St. Rose, I did a ton of print uh, journalism. Um, so I remember taking my first journalism course with, uh, Dr. Kaylin Brown. She was a journalism professor at the time. And I was completely overwhelmed. I was like, holy cow, what did I get myself into? <laughs> it was really tough on me, but I, I appreciate it. She's the one who, uh, who pushed me and got me to join the college newspaper and pretty much took off from there. I mean, my first year there, I was the sports reporter for the St. Rose Chronicle there. So covering, covering athletics all over campus, which was a lot of fun. And then a year later, uh, there was a sports editor opening, so I applied for it and I got it. So I was a sports editor the second year, and then my last two years, uh, they decided it was a good idea to let me uh, lead the whole paper, be the executive editor. At first, I, I didn't want. I was like, "Holy cow, I can't lead this as a junior." And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, they convinced me. I took it on, and it's uh, it was quite the experience. I'm, I'm extremely great grateful for it because it was a good opportunity for me to learn and be a leader at that point. Because you're you know you're leading a staff of a dozen editors and a dozen more writers and it's a lot to take on but you learn you learn a lot you face a lot of adversities but it really makes you better long hours uh very long hours for pretty much no pay but it's just part of the part of the grind to get there. i always i always believe if i uh you know if i put in that effort it'll, it'll pay off later on so it's a focus on print and for the capital region people they know you from television is there any tv experience at the college level for you yeah, there were there were some courses I took. Uh, Paul Conti uh, was the was the production professor that he focused on a lot of the production side, and he was a former news director at uh, News Channel Thirteen before he came over and started teaching. So I took a lot of courses with him that that introduced me into that field of uh, of journalism. Mary Alice Mogar as well; she was a 
professor for broadcast as well. So I learned a lot from those two in terms of writing, camera work, editing, producing, things like that. So I always got a taste of it, but my, I was, I was deep in the journalism, the print side journalism. I mean, I took an internship my, after my sophomore year, going to my junior that summer at the TU and it was awesome. It was an awesome, it was a lot of fun. I was uh, working with the city desk, learning a ton from those professionals over there. And I mean, they, they've been there for decades. So it was absolutely awesome just to soak all that in. And I did that for a summer. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of bylines. A couple of them ended up on A1 right on the front page. At that point, I'm like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do is uh, newspaper. I'm going to be a print journalist. And I was having a lot of fun doing it. So to me, this is like, this is the right path at the time. Just for the younger listeners, especially, can you just explain what City Desk means? It's uh, it's the group of reporters and editors are in charge of covering pretty much the local news, uh, stuff that's happening in the city of Albany, stuff that's happening in Troy, Schenectady. Uh, I was a general assignment news reporter or news intern there, so I was covering pretty much anything that was happening. I didn't have a general specific beat, pretty much anything that was happening in the capital region at that time. So things are going well. You're enjoying the print world, the college experience as well. You're getting all the reps that you need. Like we learned from so many people, eventually they want to stay in college, but you do have to go. They tell you, congratulations, you've graduated. Take us through that journey for you, landing your first professional job. Is it in print? Is it in television? Did you have to wait? How hard was it? Take us post St. Rose of Jackson Wang's life. Well, it it gets underway a little bit before uh, graduation. So uh, I did an internship leading into my senior year that I did an internship with what was then YNN, which is now Spectrum News. And that was my first real taste in the TV, TV world. So that was awesome. And then come the following fall, I kind of started getting back into print a little bit. I was freelancing for the, for the Troy Record covering high school, college, and some, uh, some Albany Devils at the time. Uh, back in the uh, back in 2013, 2014 for the Troy Records, I was doing like three, four stories for them a week at the time. So had a lot of fun doing that. And I was like, all right, this maybe I'm going to go back into the print world. And then uh, there's an opportunity that came knocking in uh, in the winter, late fall, early winter of uh, 2013 to uh, to go work for News Channel 13. I was actually looking for an internship because I was still my senior year. I was like, hey, maybe I'll do an internship my senior year, spring of senior year. And instead, I, they offered me a job to be an editor and assignment desk editor, producer and assignment desk editor at News Channel 13. So I took that on and back into the professional TV world I go. And I ended up doing that for about six months, right up until graduation. And then I left and went over to Spectrum because that was a full-time job. I was part-time at 13 at the time, uh, producing and being assignment desk editor. So I went over to uh, what was then Time Warner Cable News uh, to become a news assistant. And that's how my career started with Spectrum at the time in May of 2014 as a, as a news assistant. Let's back up a little bit there because I know you're from Spectrum as well. That 13th, this is just a history-making podcast. I just have to accept it. Again, you are in college. You are in college getting paid to do a job. We see this so often in radio, especially in the early radio days where maybe someone doesn't pursue college their work and they need somebody to fill in. Not on the TV side. Like th- this rarely happens where you're a student in school, you apply, you get the job. They, they knew that you were a student, right? Because you're taking classes and working. I don't know if you've ever bumped into any fellow colleagues or people who had that experience like you did where you are still a student and already a professional. 
I just wanted as much experience as I can at the time. I was interested in trying as many things as I can. And I just wanted to build up that resume and I was willing to do any opportunity that was available. I went to go ask my the internship coordinator at the time, uh, Mary Alice Mokar, about an internship. And she's like, I'll reach out to 13, see what they can do. And they're like, hey, they don't have internships, but if you want to go work, we'll give you credit for it. So that's how I got into it. But it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a lot of work. I, mean, I was one of class. I was still writing uh, two to three articles for the Troy Record a week, plus running the St. Rose Chronicle, the newspaper on campus, and producing the uh, the weekend 10 o'clock newscast on 13. So it was definitely a lot on the plate, but to me, like it was it was a lot of fun. It just kept me busy, kept me going. When you don't, when you're busy and you're just moving, that's to me that was just a lifestyle of just hustling, hard work. And I think that just goes back to what my parents and my parents taught me is just, you just got to hustle and go after it. See, this is Jackson's, not his advice. This is my advice. Senior year, those last semesters, soften up that class load. All right, get some time. You know, so, some people like to take those strange classes senior year. Stuff. You didn't give that advice. I just did to help people out, even though you work hard. We got that. That is for sure. All right, so Spectrum pops up. Now you go from 13 to Spectrum. Super early in your career. You're not chasing markets. We've heard TV people jump to market 150, 160. Not only are you in school and getting paid, you are in your hometown market and you're already on a second TV station this quick. So let's go through your career with Spectrum. You step in, what is your role like there and how does it progress to later on in your career? I started off as a news assistant, which is basically, uh, I describe it as a glorified internship. I mean, you're doing a little bit of everything for very little pay, but it's an awesome opportunity because it lets you try everything and you have an opportunity to, to really move up. It's not a job you're supposed to be in for very long. You're supposed to you know, produce a little bit, help reporters gather, shoot interviews, um, shoot video. They even let me cover sports, you know, shoot highlights here and there. You're on assignment. So you do a little bit of everything and whatever you end up really liking, like you you pursue that and you tell the manager, whoever's in charge of that area, hey, I want to do this. And they'll work with you to get there. And to me, that was I wanted to be on air. I wanted to be a reporter. So I went over and told the uh, told the managing editor at the time, who is now the, the – uh, who later became the news director at the station. And uh, I was like, hey, I want to do this. So he worked with me and I, uh, and he gave me the opportunity to just turn these stories I was shooting. I mean, they, we call them Vosots. It's stuff that you shoot, uh, you cut the video and you maybe pick a soundbite or two and then the anchors will read that. But they were allowing me to turn it into full stories where I was able to record it with, I was able to track it. I was able to vo- voice it over, things like that and put it together and show them hey, I could do this. So they're allowing me to do that just as just as practice. Nothing that went on there, but just just that rep, just that practice. And that really allowed me to, to get the experience, really understand how the TV works, how putting the other story works as a reporter. And that eventually led me to getting promoted and getting a new job about nine months later after I started with them. Incredible. And what is that new job? That new job nine well, months, less than a year into it. Yeah, I was a multimedia journalist. Uh, I moved down to uh, the Hudson Valley. They had an opening at the time in their Hudson Valley station. Um, and I was covering Sullivan County. That was my main beat, but I was also covering a lot of Orange County. Um, Sullivan County is very small. I think population is like 70,000. Um, so it was very, it was a lot of fun, very interesting moving out to, moving on covering an area uh, like that because it was pretty much it was the first time for me, leaving the capital region since I moved there, coming here from from Hong Kong, um, so it's very interesting to to go to an area I've never been before, learn new people, learn the beats, learn the contacts, learn to learn the politicians, learn the officials, the ones who 
who make things happen in the in the area. So it was definitely experience. I tried to I tried to just I, I remember just trying to like get lost and figure out like how to get back. Just just like understand the place, landmarks, restaurants, stores, things like that. And it was, it was a lot of fun um, those two years working down there. Getting lost on purpose is a great idea. I'm going to steal that line when I get lost across upstate New York that I'm doing this for the experience. I will text people that from now on. I'm stealing more of your... I believe you, though. You really did want to find... Soak yourself in the community two years down there. So you make the move, you head a little south, and then you come back, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. There was... Uh, so it was a two, I was down there for two years. That's how long my contract was. First contract was uh, two years to report in Hudson Valley. Um, and then come late... Uh, late 2016 in December, there was an opening in Albany. Um, my uh, the assistant news director at the time, she reached out to me and said, "Hey, we uh, I see your contract is ending with us soon in Hudson Valley. We have an opening in Albany. Would you be interested in uh, coming back home and reporting in your home market?" I said, "Absolutely. I love an opportunity." So I applied, interviewed, and lucky enough, I got the opportunity to uh, to come back home and report news uh, in my home market, which is absolutely a great opportunity and something I'm uh, very grateful for to be able to report on stuff that I saw growing up knowing and two people that I, two people that, two people that I know, family, friends, things like that. So it's, it's very cool. Just to clarify for again, for younger listeners who are learning about this, that new role is still the MMJ, the multimedia journalist. Is this a reporter role? Is this an on air role? How does this role change if at all from the previous role? It's the same role on air, but you're uh, you're still multimedia journalist. You're shooting a lot of your own things. You're shooting, writing, editing, putting together your own stories. That's where our title is. That's what's expected of us to do. Um, but when I came back to Albany, I was the uh, the nightside reporter. So I was working two to eleven, um, two to eleven Tuesday through Saturday initially. So uh, a lot of times, lucky enough, I was lucky enough to have a photographer with me, or what we call in this business a photog helping us shoot, shoot stories, you know, work together, edit stories together and put them together. So it was like 50, 50 halftime. I had a full, full tag. The other half I was working alone. So I was, I was thankful for that made my life easier. And it was good to bond and see other people think and, and uh, you know, react to certain things. So it was always good to collaborate on stories and see how other people, uh, what ideas they come up with and try to try to work together. In that early part of your career, especially because you've mentioned early on you're a sports fan, you thought sports would be it. And spoiler alert, some people already know where this is going to go. But I think it's fair and really valuable to compare about TV news versus TV sports with someone who has a background in both. How, if at all, do you cover stories differently on the television news side than how you would cover a sports story? Is there any different methods that you've used through your career to tackle those types of topics? I've used a lot of my skills from uh, covering TV news into sports. My favorite kinds of news stories are always human interest ones. Anytime I could tell a story on how someone accomplished something so awesome, like that was that was my favorite. Just getting to know people and understanding what makes them tick, what's their purpose, and why they are so passionate about this, uh, you know, this this fundraiser or or why they're running for office, why are they so passionate about, about the, you know, these, these controversial issues, things like that. So I try to, I try to use that skill and that way of telling story into sports because, you know, athletes, coaches, 
um, they make up the sport. They're, they're humans at the end of the day, and they all have stories. They all have tales to tell on how they got to where they are, how they became head coach, how they became the starting quarterback, how they became how they became the, uh, the starting keeper. And you're, you're, I think that's always fascinating on how people were able to overcome adversity to get to where they are, whether it was, whether it's be uh, the superintendent of a school district, uh, the mayor of a city, or, you know, or the, uh, the forward on, on the, uh, the soccer team. So I think there's a sto- everyone has a story and I'm just trying to find them and tell them. I gave you a little spoiler there that you have transitioned to the sports world. This is always the awkward part of the interview, as I like to say, because this is your employer and this is your job now. So you can say as much or as little as you'd like about your new role. If you can walk us through how the transition happens from you working more so on the news side to you transitioning to the sports side. You'll hear Jackson Wang's answer that question soon, but first we want to give love to the people that make this show and Godzilla Media possible. If you love what you're hearing right now, we hope that you can support these great local businesses. Lillian David Fine Jewelers is celebrating this October their 10th anniversary special. That's right, 10 years this October. We hope that you can stop in and visit Lillian David Fine Jewelers and check out over 600 pieces of jewelry to 60% off. Guys, November, December is on the way. Save yourself some cash, whether it's the girlfriend, the fiance, the wife, and take care of her this holiday season. Maybe you're celebrating the fall wedding. Maybe the birthday is on the way. Trust me, I know from experience. Where did I buy my engagement ring? Lillian David Fine Jewelers. My wedding band, Lillian David Fine Jewelers. Past holiday gifts and more. Family owns and operated business. Alyssa, David, the entire crew there continues to crush it for 10 years plus now in the Capital Region. And even if you're listening outside of the Capital Region, it is worth the drive to Wilton, New York. Route 50, the shops of Wilton. Find the piece of jewelry you'll continue to get compliments on for years to come. I know. It's still happening for me. Somebody who walked in there not knowing exactly what to do, sweating, nervous, all those things and more. Alyssa, David, and the crew will put you at ease and find the jewelry that fits your budget, especially during this 10-year holiday celebration going on this October. Route 50, the shops of Wilton. It's Lily and David Fine Jewelers. When you stop in, tell me heard about Goss' story from right here on Getting There with Goss. Mohawk Honda, Glenville, New York, the spot for you. To buy a new vehicle this upcoming 2022, well, the 2022 is almost over. 2023s are on the way. So what price do you want to take advantage of? The 2022s being on the way out. Prices may be going low for you. 2023s on the way. The supply chain. We thought this would be over by the fall of 2022. It is still in a bizarre spot. And you can still trade your vehicle in for an incredible price. You maybe never thought you could have gotten years after you bought it. They can do it for you at Mohawk Honda. Shout out to Scott Moynihan. He is back 30 plus years in the automobile industry. He's going to help you find the vehicle you're looking for. My guys, Cam McKenna, helped me get the 2022 Pilot EXL sitting in the driveway right now. How do I afford it? How's it happen? I worked with Mohawk Honda. You can do the same thing right now, wherever you're listening. From Mahonison to Schenectady to Glenville to Syracuse, Utica, Watertown, Suffolk County, wherever. Make the drive to Mohawk Honda and work with people that you can trust during the car buying experience. Godzilla Media, we will be there live coming up on Thursday, October 27th, broadcasting live from Mohawk Honda. We've got a few more shows in Mohawk Honda, so if you want to have it in part of your day, watching a little Levac and Gaz, Godzilla Media, We've got dates listed on our website, GonzillaMedia.com. It's Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. Now, back to this Godzilla Media podcast. 
well, ever since I started working for Spectrum, they have always allowed me to to dip a toe or two into uh, into sports. Uh, I mean, Marissa Jackson, she was a news director. She always let or sports director, excuse me. She always let me go out there and shoot highlights for on Friday nights and for football. And I did that when I was new assistant. I continued doing that when I was in Hudson Valley for the sports team down there. Um, so that always kept me in, involved in sports. And then even when I came back up here in Albany, they had, they allowed me to be part of their uh, Friday night show, shooting, shooting sports, you know, putting together a little report for them for their show. So it was always, it was always cool and always, always a lot of fun. And I always said like, Hey man, there's an opportunity. I'll probably pursue it one day. And, uh, and that came earlier this year, um, Jesse McWilliam, who you had on the show. Uh, Shout out to Jesse, year. killing it in Syracuse. Yeah, Shout yeah. out to Jesse. That's, my, yeah. that's our guy. Yes, yes. So he always allowed me to be a part of it, too. Even when he was the sports reporter, he, I always asked, hey, he's like, hey, can I help you shoot some highlights here and there? And he's always like, yeah, man, I'll, I'd love to help. And I'm always grateful for that. And that opportunity kept my skill sharp, kept me involved in sports. And I loved it. It was a good break from news. Um, so when he left and took that Syracuse job, they're like, hey, we need someone to tell some sports stories to to fill up our sports couch. You'd be interested. I said, absolutely. I'll I'll tell some stories. I did that for a couple of weeks, and I was like, man, I I like this. I was like, there's an opening. I should. I'm gonna apply for it. So I applied, went for it, talked to my managing editor, and she gave me the opportunity to apply, interview, and about a month later, they're like, hey, the job's yours. And I said, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's let's go to work. And uh, loved it ever since. You guys have been killing it, man. Keep up the great work. Shout out to Jesse. Like we said, you've been killing it as well here in the Capital Region. And I love the story of transitioning from news to sports. More so focused here in Albany. And I don't want to mention other names, but we've seen a lot of people transfer from sports to news. It's exciting to watch it go the opposite way. See somebody with the news background go the sports direction and have so much success and all the great stuff you've been doing. So for those young broadcasters, whether they're students at St. Rose, Wherever they might be, Rotterdam, Schenectady, Syracuse, what's the best advice you can offer a young broadcaster to get where you are in your career now? I would say work and take opportunities wherever you can. Any kind of work, any chance to to practice your your skills so you can really hone in on it, whether it was picking up a byline here and there or um, calling this game or that game, even if it's just on your own those reps are invaluable. I mean, it's hard to get, it's hard to get, no one's going to give you reps in college. You have to really go after and, 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 and earn it. Um, and that's how you get better. And that's how, how you move up because that that's going to give you the resume you need, the resume reel to show them, Hey, I can do this, whether it's the clippings from articles, you know, your packages from news stores, or even, you know, you call in the game you got to show people that you can do this and you want it. And those experiences really help you. And you just got to, you got to ask and ask for those opportunities. Be like, Hey, what can I do? What can I do for you? I know a lot of times, a lot of these days, a lot of these opportunities are paid for by the time when I did it, a lot of this stuff was not paid. I, I worked for free and to me, it didn't matter. I was, I saw it as me paying my dues, right of passage of, I got to do this in order to get to there, get to where I want to be. And, I was okay with that as long as I worked on the end. I always believe it would work. I was work on the end as long as I, you know, work hard, keep my head up, and be humble about the whole thing. At TV Jackson Wang on Twitter, I left you a DM. I told you, I said, and I probably waited too long. I know you were going through this transition between news and sports, and I stayed away till you kind of settled in because you and I have been fortunate enough to actually have these conversations in front of students 
who are pursuing media and broadcasting as a career. I remembered, I knew the advice you offered them then. I'm like, let's not make this private anymore. Let's not hog it for those young students. Let's share it with more people who are pursuing this. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for doing this and finding some crazy time, especially in the fall season when we tape this. Keep crushing it, man. So excited to continue to follow your career and uh, we'll be talking again soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity.